Are you ready for the latest Habs news, passionate debate, and in-depth analysis from hockey experts around the league? It's the most informative and interactive podcast about the Montreal Canadiens. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast, featured on allhabs.net, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. How's it going, Habs fans? This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Uh, my name's Joseph Whalen, and uh, this is a very special episode. We've hit double figures. This is episode 10 of the Canadians Connection Podcast, the Guy Lafleur episode of the oh, Canadians wow. Connection Podcast. And with that in mind, I will ju- I will uh, introduce my co-host, the Guy Lafleur to my Guillaume Laton dress, Mr. Rick Stevens. <laughs> well, you got to give yourself you doing, more credit than uh, Laton dress. I, I, I must say these <laughs> these analogies are are one of my favorite parts of the show. Uh, the, the 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 pairings, the Canadians pairings, I love them. Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna elevate you above uh, above Laton dress there, Joe. <laughs> Well, I appreciate that. That's that's uh, that's high praise, uh, and I do my best uh, Nicholas Cage, Andy Samberg impression right there. But anyways, let's dive right in because, folks, we've got a jam-packed show today. There's a lot that we can talk about today. It's been a pretty. I mean, Rick wasn't really here for last week's episode, so there's a lot that he would probably like to say on this on the topics we spoke about last week. So, with that in mind, I suggest we get right into it with winners and losers. And now it's time for this week's winners and losers on the Canadians Connection. And uh, yeah, so I think uh, I'll probably bat lead off on this one because this is a guy that I've been I've been hard on a little bit early in this season, and I, I was hard on him again last week. Not not really, uh, not not uh, not too hard on him, but I did say that he's a guy that hasn't played overly well. He's played well, but not to uh, the uh, what we've seen in the past. And, and to me, that's Jeff Petrie. And, and I feel like that Monday night game against Washington, he played 33 minutes, 51 seconds after Noah Juleson goes down in that first period. He is a horse for Claude Julian. And I just, um, it was just watching that game. I kind of realized I've been really tough on this guy and expected him to be so much more than, than what he's been, but it's not fair to him to do to to ask that of him because I mean you're, you're playing without Shea Weber and then you add in the fact that on that game and for the foreseeable future you're going to be playing without Noah Juleson who is a guy that has has uh, revealed himself who has uh, has shown to be a very solid defenseman for Claude Julien and for the Montreal Canadiens so Jeff Petrie and and there was a really there was a great article that was written a, a fan focus article on Jeff Petrie by by Paul Pembroke on All Habs net go give that a read if, if you like that was a really good encapsulation of everything that Jeff Petrie is and has become without Shea Weber and and the way that that Claude Julian has had to rely on him uh, and it really showed out in that Washington game where he played over half an hour man like that's incredible and 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 then you know he had two points in that game had a point in the game against Vancouver last week he has been a guy that has consistently produced for the Montreal Canadiens, and I, I realized within that, within this last week, that I've been uh, I've been too too hard on him, and uh, and this this week he's definitely earned my uh, my choice for winner of the week. Well, maybe I would look at it that um, Jeff, of course, listens to uh, the Canadians Connection podcast, yeah. and maybe maybe your your uh, tough love has been a bit motivating for him, and. Um, and to have to have a good week, um, it all makes sense now. It does. Um, I, you know, <laughs> it, it's a great choice. Um, Petrie has been in the top ten in, in for defensemen uh, in terms of points um, yeah. all season. Um, he's he's getting it done um, uh, offensively with uh, with Shea Weber being out of the lineup, um, and I think on the the, the defensive side. Um, you know, he's been a workhorse and, and, and he's struggled at times. He really has, um, uh, some of it can be, you know, laid at his feet. Some of it at his, uh, 
uh, rotating um, man to bury, yeah. marry man beside him, uh, usually uh, Jordy Ben. Um, and so his his uh, team worst minus six maybe is understandable. Um, and and yeah. but but again, he has to play better defensively. Uh, but he has been uh, he has been a workhorse. Twenty five almost twenty five minutes average uh, ice time. Yeah. As you said, he had that big game against um, Washington. Uh, he's leading um, the team in hits. Uh, so he's, he's been relatively physical. I mean, he's not the Shea Weber clearing out the front of the net kind of guy. Uh, but he's been, uh, he's been finishing his checks. Um, he's, uh, up there. uh, I think the last I checked third in block shots. Um, so he's been, I I mean, he's, he's not a first pairing defenseman. I think, I think maybe even he would even acknowledge that. Um, but he has, uh, been put in this situation, uh, last season, again, this season, uh, Canadians, you know, uh, one of the worst, uh, defensive teams, uh, ever assembled. Uh, Mark Bergevin has that to his resume. Uh, and, and Jeff Petrie, uh, has, has made the best of a bad situation. Um, you know, uh, his, his, his contribution, if if Jeff Petrie wasn't there, um, the Canadians would be in 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 much worse uh, straits. So um, yeah, yeah, I I I I think it was a great uh, great choice, and uh, and I'm going to stick by the fact that uh, that your your uh, uh, you know your bit of tough love was was uh, motivating for him. Yeah, and and I'll take all that credit. Uh, so. Uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, like, you know, I think he's been one of the guys over the past week that has been the most – one of the more reliable guys in front of Carey Price. And that's not a very long list. There hasn't been a lot of great play, and we're going to get into that. Um, but moving very quickly to, to your uh, winner of the week, who I actually just – I mentioned a few moments ago. Uh, Noah Juleson. I You know, I, I considered yeah. um, I considered Max Domi. Um, big week for Max Domi, um, in that, that, I, I mean, it's, it's no small feat when you, um, set a hundred year record. Uh, um, Max Domi, it was last Saturday, last Saturday, his game. That's yeah. right. He, he accomplished a feat that, um, you know, once in a hundred years, he, he, um, a, a century record, um, <laughs> 24 points in the first 20 games um, with the Montreal Canadiens. Um, most points through, well, it's the first 20 games of, uh, and, and Max being new to the, to the organization. Um, it, it's, it's uh, remarkable what he's done offensively, remarkable mm-hmm. what he's done offensively um, and um, deserves all that credit. But, you know, I'd I'd still like to see more on the defensive side. I think he's uh, he's had a tough time there. Um, we we saw we saw some giveaways uh, in overtime. We saw a penalty in overtime that uh, Claude Julien uh, seemed to point the figure straight at Domi that it cost the Canadians the game. Um, and uh, for that reason, he gets bumped out of the top spot. Um, and my winner is going to go to Noah Juleson. Um, I think that uh, Noel Juleson, we, we, I mean, um, Jeff Petrie has been talked about in good, bad, otherwise. Um, yeah. uh, Noel Juleson's kind of been under the radar, but um, he's just been solid for the Canadians. Um, and for a, a, a team full of third pairing defensemen, um, Noah Juleson has, has acquitted his, uh, himself very well, uh, playing 17 and a half minutes a game. Um, he's, he's right there with, with uh, Jeff Petrie in terms of, of hits, even though he's played six fewer games. Um, he's there in block shots. Um, he's for a, a defense that's struggled, and I, I mentioned Petrie's uh, minus six. Uh, Juleson's a plus three. Um, and we saw that after, uh, Noel Juleson went out uh, of the lineup the other night, 
Um, and with that, you know, t- taking two two pucks to the face and and uh, being lost to a facial fracture, and will be out uh, for some time with that. Uh, we saw, you know, the wheels completely fall off and the and the Canadians play. Um, I would say, well, uh, Julian said their worst uh, defensive game uh, of the season. Um, so, um, you know, if if uh, if Petrie's the linchpin of that that defense. Um, and and certainly the offensive leader of the defense. I think Noah Jolson deserves some credit for the work that he's been doing on the back end, yeah. very quietly, very quietly. Um, and and the defense is going to be very tested. We saw last night how um, I don't think there's any question that Julian had to completely uh, change his approach, change his 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 system. Um, and uh, in, it, to to offer some more protection uh, on the back end, but yeah. in doing so, uh, that limited the offensive uh, opportunities, and uh, the Canadians got away from that entertaining style of play that they've yeah. been uh, they've been playing up till now, um, and uh, and that in part uh, was uh, because Noah Juleson. Uh, was out of the lineup again, and, and as I said, will be for quite some time. Yeah, and it's just, it comes at a, a pretty, it comes at an unfortunate time for the Montreal Canadiens, because, I mean, all the talk leading up to, you know, and it, it will continue to uh, to be this way, all the talk is about Shea Weber and the fact that he's coming back and he's returning. And everyone was saying, okay, well, you know, when we get Shea Weber back, this is where we're going to see the Montreal Canadiens round into form a little bit defensively. I don't necessarily think that's true, even if you no, know, because there's just too many, there's too many problems right now, but losing Noah Juleson is going to be a blow to that because you're still going to have to rely on Jeff Petrie a lot. Jeff Petrie is not going to get a break anytime soon. This guy is going to continue to be used. And in that first couple of weeks that Shea Weber is back, you would have to believe that Claude Julien is going to, hold them back just a little bit because you can't afford again to, to go down the same path where, uh, where he's playing, you know, those types of, of, uh, of, of minutes. And uh, you don't want to re-aggravate anything with, with Shea Weber. So a bit of an unfortunate time, but, uh, and, and yeah, just a, just a brutal way as well. Two pucks right to the face. Uh, so uh, yeah, that's certainly a, but certainly a great choice for, for your winner of the week. A guy that's, that's uh, definitely fallen under the radar. So um, I guess we wanted to save as much time as possible for the losers of the week. And it's actually uh, pretty interesting considering the week that the Montreal Canadiens have had that neither one of our losers are actual players. They are uh, (laughs) uh, there. Yeah. So let's just dive right into this because my loser of the week is Mark Bergevin. And let me explain why, because the Montreal Canadiens, before uh, before that game, the New Jersey uh, the New Jersey game earlier this week, they called up Michael Chaput to play the fourth line center because on Monday night uh, Matthew Pekka played just one of the worst. I mean, not as bad as Jonathan Drouin against the Rangers, but still not a very good defensive performance uh, at all. He was the probably the direct cause of, of the first goal with a with a bad turnover deep in the uh, in the Washington zone that then led to a uh, transition opportunity for the Washington capitals who are very good in transition. And this is the reason why, and, and it's nothing against Michael Shapu. Like I, I respect that guy. He's an athlete. This is, has absolutely nothing to do with him. He's come up and he's just done what he's asked, been asked to do. But for Mark Bergevin, when you let Jacob De La Rose go on waivers earlier this year, all right, fair enough. There's only so many roster spots. That's fine. But what exactly has Nick Delorier and Matthew Pekka, like you, there was no one that told you you had to sign those guys to one-way contracts and significantly uh, it's just created a lot more problems than anything else because look it, Nick Delorier has not performed up to snuff. And I don't think that there are many people that would argue that. He's not really providing much of anything. And to your point, a couple of weeks ago, he was only signed after, what, a solid two months on a terrible team? It doesn't take much to stand out on a terrible team like last year. And Nick Delorier did, which is a credit to him, I guess. But at the same time, 
this isn't, you know, if you're going to create a winning team, the guys that stand out on god-awful teams like that for the reasons that Nick Delorier did, which were largely a lot of hits and fights and just entertainment value, which is, there you go, circle that back again, plays an entertaining style of old school kind of, you know, grinder, very Claude Julian, very, very much so. But you didn't have to do that. And now it's caused everything that we're, you know, we, we've seen that this guy, you know, he's had to let go of Jacob De La Rose. He basically told Tomasz Plakanich to go away. And those are two guys that could be in that same spot that Michael Chaput is in right now and performing it and doing it a lot better because those are, you know, and, and it's, again, absolutely no disrespect towards Michael Chaput, but this is the situation that Montreal is in because they have given contracts. You know, they've, they've, they look, you, you talk about it from the entire organization. They've given contracts to basically every overage QMJHL guy under the sun. And as, as a, as a result of that, you've seen the termination of a guy like Jeremiah Addison. And, and it's just this thing that keeps happening again and again and again. And for me, if you have guys in, if you have your, your system and, and you've, you know, you've respected the process and you've grown guys like a Jacob De La Rose, then there's absolutely no reason for you to then go out and sign a guy like Matthew Pekka, who is an AHLer. Like, let's be honest. I know that he's got speed. I know that this team likes him. And, uh, you know, that's, that's fine. But at the same time, there's nothing that he has done to, to really stand out. And in the same way, there's, there's nothing that, that Nick Deloria has done to stand out. And the Montreal Canadiens right now, could have two guys in Tomasz Plakanich and Jakob De La Rose who could have filled, who could have stepped into that lineup on Wednesday night and been a lot more effective in that role. And, and, you know, we're going to probably have to go back to Matthew Pekka at some point. I, I'm just not quite sure uh, that Mark Bergevin has, has made the, uh, the right choices in, uh, in, in the past couple of off seasons and just in general. I think that it, it's, uh, I agree with, with everything you've said. And I, I think, I mean, it's always helpful to be reminded um, and, and put in context um, things that, that um, people have said at the beginning, not this past a year ago, uh, at the beginning of last season, Mark Bergevin said, okay, taken me a while and I've had to put up with, you know, um, things that I'd liked and I didn't like about this team. But at the beginning of this season, this is as close, this team is as close to the vision that I've had than any other team I've ever had. And they went on to have a horrible season. Yeah. And Mark Bergevin built one of the worst defensive teams in the NHL. That was proven last season and it's carrying on Again, this season, this is Mark Bergevin's team. Um, I mean, last year, um, the Canadians were 30th in terms of penalty kill. Um, If you want to think about the organization, you look at the Rocket last year, 29th. 29th in penalty kill. As When you bring in a so-called defensive coach, in Claude Julian and, and he can't get any more than, than a, a penalty kill that's 30th in the league. This, this year, the, the Canadians are, are um, their, their special teams aren't any better. Their power plays 28th, their, their penalty kills 18th. Yes. They're playing an exciting brand of hockey. Yes. They've unleashed some players. Um, Galchenyuk's gone. You think, you know, Galchenyuk could have scored a few goals um, if he had no defensive responsibility, if he wasn't criticized about his yep. defensive play. Um, uh, Max Domi's been carte blanche. Go ahead. Make all the defensive mistakes. Make all, take all <laughs> the stupid penalties you want as long as you're scoring because we want entertaining hockey. Um, yep. it, it's... I guess, the, you know, and, and you think about the defense that, that Mark Bergevin has put together and that whole list of of third-pairing or worse defense, AHL <laughs> defensemen or AHL players, 
Um, yeah. And 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 I mean, fans are funny. Do you do you remember when uh, Schlemko was acquired and and oh my, he's he's going to be Mar- uh, uh, Weber's partner. Uh, do you remember Meta was going to be uh, uh, Weber's partner? Uh, yeah. Do you remember when Riley was going to be uh, Weber's partner? Do you remember when uh, Jordy Ben was praised because he was way better than Greg Patteron? Uh, and yeah. and how how all of these these moves by um, I I love how the, the media and fans use the term fleeced when it comes to Mark Bergeron. <laughs> oh, he fleeced this person and he fleeced that person and and look at his negotiating skills. He was able to attract. Uh, Carl Alsner to come here, the top free agent of, of the time and, and uh, had nothing to do with, of course, uh, Shea Weber and, and Carrie yeah. Price uh, reaching out to, to Alsner. Um, you know, that other uh, um, uh, Gustav Olofsson was going to solve all the problems and be a, an instant call up. And, and so we got, got rid of uh, useless Will Bitten for him. What a great trade by, by Bergeron. How's that worked out? A known, a player with known injuries uh, for his yep. career. Um, I, I just, you know, Willette signing Willette, a, a, a player who played in half of Detroit's games last year, and the Red Wings were a bad team. Um, yeah. And you talked about the fourth line. Um, it's been awful. Pekka minus five, Houdon minus seven, Delorier minus three. Delorier, and, you know, some blame the cage. But to, as I said a few weeks ago uh, and gave the stats from the end of January, Delorier has done nothing in the nope. better part of, of a calendar year, uh, has done absolutely nothing. He's an AHL player. Um, and there you have uh, Redmond. Um, who's brought leadership and is is leading the AHL for the Rochester Americans. Um, And when you talk to people in Rochester, no, we don't miss uh, Delaria. We never have, not not at all, because of the way he was in the locker room. This is Mark Bergevin, you know, and and the other part, Claude Julien, we're going to get to him, but he talks all the time about um, it's November and how fatigued – Every press conference, he talks about how fatigued his team is. It's November. Um, and why are they fatigued? Why are they fatigued? Because they're chasing the play, number one. And, and because in the next breath, he'll tell you that he had to cut down uh, his roster to three lines in the third period because he doesn't trust that fourth line. Yeah. Um, this, is, this, is, this is all... Um, the team that Mark Bergevin has put together, and 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 you know, um, give him credit for for and Molson for uh, sticking to this entertaining brand of hockey thing. It's more fun to watch, uh, but I don't know that that in the long run uh, they're going to be the 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 management group and coaching group to be able to deliver what the Canadians fans desperately want, and that is. Uh, a Stanley Cup. Yeah. And yeah, and I mentioned on last week's episode that the fourth line is a line traditionally you should be able to put out there and get minimal mistakes. If they have a negative impact on a game, then they're not doing what what they're supposed to be doing. And I know that Matthew Pekka has, for one reason or another, become a fan favorite. And I know that, you know, early on he was a favorite of of both the uh, Montreal Canadiens organization and the media, but he has not performed well enough defensively and that is a real concern for the Montreal Canadiens because look if you want to get rid of two guys in in Jakob Delarose and Tomasz Plekanec that's all well and good you have to make decisions but I'm just not quite sure that they made the right ones um and I guess we'll just uh very much uh you were you kind of already got into who your uh loser of the week is uh yeah Claude Julien and yeah. and and um you know I I've been uh, I've been disappointed by his his system, and we saw that last year, uh, last season, how um, it was uh, difficult for uh, his defensemen to understand and get used to. And particularly, Carl Alsner said it was, um, you know, something that he had never experienced and 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 completely foreign to him. Max Pacioretty had been critical of 
of uh, the offensive system and uh, uh, just tossing it towards the net and getting lots of low quality shots. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's his, his deployment has been certainly we've seen, um, you know, he, he, he loves the Steve Ott kind of player and he's got, got that kind of guy in, in, uh, in Nicholas Delorier and, and it's been bizarre how, Delorier has stayed sure. in the lineup. Um, it's bizarre um, his choices um, of personnel. Um, but I think what what really got to me this week was um, a quote that he made um, after the Devils game, and that was um, you know one of the worst games of the season uh, defensively, and 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 just a you know a, a com- completely embarrassing loss. Uh, to the Devils, and Julian said, um, "Wow, I'm 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 really surprised by the Devils. Um, they're a team that plays really well for having such a bad record." And I thought, <laughs> "Well, you know what, Claude? Uh, let's just turn your phrase around um, uh, and and apply it to the Canadians. Uh, couldn't someone say back to him?" Uh, my goodness, the Habs play really bad for a team with such a good record. Um, and, and it just seemed to be that, that, that he, he didn't connect. He, he didn't make that connection. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, I think part of the reason, yes, the Canadians are playing more entertaining hockey and, and yes, that was, that was part of his mandate. Uh, but there has to be some, there has to be more accountability. We haven't seen a lot of yeah. uh, accountability when it comes uh, for defensive play, when it comes to Jonathan Duran, when it comes to Max Domi, when it comes to that fourth line, um, particularly um, uh, Delorier, they haven't had to suffer any consequences. And, and I think that has, you know, now that we're getting into um, the, the meat of the season and, and, and some of the tough parts of the season, uh, that's wearing on this team and that fatigue is starting to happen. And that's part in due to the way Claude Julien has, has installed his system and to the, to the lineup choices he's made. Uh, and for that reason, and particularly that, that quote that, that yeah. uh, he delivered this year um, or this week, I've, I've made him my, my loser of the week. Yeah. And that's, and that's understandable because that I couldn't believe that quote when I, when I saw it, when I heard it, that I mean, the New Jersey Devils, say what you want about the start that they've had at the season. That's a playoff team last year. Montreal Canadiens, nowhere near the playoffs last year. And that's a team that has the reigning Hart Trophy winner in, in Taylor Hall. So I'm not exactly sure why the Habs, after a decent month, are all high and mighty now. And why Claude Julien, uh, I, I guess I understand the sentiment that, you know, they've played against teams like, and I guess the, the argument would be then, okay, well, what do you play against Pittsburgh Penguins? They have a terrible record. I guess they play really, they play really well for a team with a terrible record, don't they? Like, it, it, it's to look at the standings, and and I, I don't, I don't really understand where uh, where he's coming from with uh, with that quote in uh, in November. Um, that was just a little bit uh, a little bit confusing. Uh, but yeah, we're going to get to a lot more on this. You just kind of touched on the defensive play. We're going to talk about how that's kind of affected a guy who most people might know, Carey Price, Habs a goaltender, who's kind of been uh, been the sole reason that Montreal has had any amount of success in the past week. So we're going to dive into the problems that have been going on with the Montreal's defensive, uh, just defensive lapses all over the place. We're going to get into where the Habs are right now by American Thanksgiving and a whole lot more after the break. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas. Sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, 
and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are located in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. And we're back here on the Canadians Connection. Just had our winners and losers of the week. And uh, this kind of leads very naturally in because Rick's loser of the week was Claude Julien. And, I mean, the way that the Montreal Canadiens have played, and you mentioned it, there's been not a whole lot of accountability for some of the more offensively talented forwards and the fourth line in particular, among other. Obviously, I mean, there's this is a team that's had a lot of struggles. And Carey Price, as he has done, many, many times in the past has masked those problems by just tremendous performances. And I know that the one in Washington, if you didn't actually watch the game and you just look at the box score, you say, oh, that's no, that's not a Carey Price game. That was a Carey Price game. And the, the round of applause that he got from Alexander Ovechkin and the little high five would suggest that it was very much a Carey Price game. And then you go back to last week with Calgary, as we, we talked about that game and when we went off the air on Saturday, they were in British Columbia. Carey Price with a great game against the Vancouver Canucks again. So a lot of this has been, you know, because you look at the way that these games have gone. You had 45 shots against versus Calgary, 38 versus Vancouver, 34 versus Washington. Somehow only 28 versus New Jersey, which that doesn't seem right because, my goodness, did the Canadians ever get outplayed. And then 40 against Buffalo. So, I mean, this, this is a little bit of a – this is a trend. This isn't just an, an anomaly. This has been going on for quite some time. The, the, it has been. And, um, you know, I, I, I thought it was kind of comical. Mark Bergevin, um, right at the beginning of the season, was kind of uh, taking a lot of credit himself, saying, you know – uh, I've put together a pretty good team here and we're off to a great start and it has nothing to do with Carey Price. Of course, that was, that was silly because at the, at the beginning of the season, the Canadians were, were coming flying out of the gate and having a good first two periods and then would fade in the third and, and leaving it all to Carey Price to, uh, to, to, to keep the, the, to, to preserve the win. Um, and then, uh, you know, at the, at the, uh, uh, means, Toronto, um, Bergevin kind of walked that back and said, "Oh yeah, no, our defense is not very good." And and uh, and uh, once once they get better, once they start performing better, then um, you know, Carey Price's numbers will change. Um, but you know, it's it's Carey Price is not going to when this this season ends. Carey Price's numbers aren't going to be very good because the Canadians' defense is terrible absolutely terrible but we saw as you mentioned regardless of numbers um carry price brought back uh on his own four of the six points uh on the western canadian uh road trip that that we said was so important and in particular in that washington game um he was spectacular um yeah three saves uh, against uh ovechkin that were were amazing and that that last one with 0.3 seconds left uh, just uh, how can you describe it uh, yeah. the blocker save and and as you said to which Ovechkin even had to <laughs> acknowledge and applaud and it seems that that Carey Price has to uh, get 
credit from uh, outside of, uh, of Montreal sometimes. And, and um, you know, Ovechkin said, listen, it was an amazing save. I just, I just have to tip my cap. Um, yeah. He's that good. Uh, he, he, he's, he's sometimes he's uh, unstoppable. And, and, uh, uh, and even though, um, you know, the Capitals won the game, um, that price was, uh, was spectacular throughout. And, and I mean, some, I saw a little bit of grumbling about the Lars Eller goal, but, uh, listen to the quotes of, of Lars Eller and Carey Price. Um, you know, that was, that was a, a, a bad giveaway in, in overtime and, and Lars Eller came in all on his own and didn't get the shot that he wanted. Slid, slid down his, uh, uh, stick and it didn't go where he ha- he was aiming it, um, and that happens sometimes. So, um, but but uh, Price has been spectacular, and and you know you can't keep relying on him every single night to put in a performance like that. It's impossible to do for Niemi as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the the defense and the, the the forwards playing defense have to uh, do their part, and they just haven't been for the first two months of the season now. No. Yeah. And, you know, after, especially after, I mean, you look at that this past week for the Montreal Canadiens. Okay. You go, Carey Price steals you two points in Calgary, just flat out stole two points. Vancouver, you know, Carey Price was, was solid. He was, you know, he was, you know, I'm obviously, you know, I think that was a little bit more of a, of a team kind of effort, even though, Carey Price, obviously, with uh, with a tremendous performance as well. But I mean, of of that of that road trip, that's probably the only one where you could say, okay, well, Montreal kind of showed up for him too. But that's not saying much after the after the Calgary game, and then you know this that that game against Washington, and then the way that they come out on Wednesday, you know, I expect at some point for the Montreal Canadiens to show some sort of pride as being just being professionals. And, and having a job to do. And every time they go out in front of that guy, it is the same thing. It's the exact same thing. Whatever, whatever character, whatever culture change you want to talk about, it's always with Carey Price in this, you know, uh, this organizational structure where you have Mark Bergevin and, and whatever, and you talk about entertainment, it's going to go back to Carey Price. It always has to with this because this is that's the way that this team has has been built and you know it's a little bit frustrating because you're getting so much out of Carey Price but because you're getting zero or you know almost nothing out of everybody else you know it 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 shows up in Carey Price's numbers he's the one that has to wear that and that's that's just not fair and uh yeah so I mean And and then after that after that New Jersey Devils game, Jonathan Drouin coming out and saying that that's a game you know what you throw it in the trash and you move on. Um, To me, that was also a little bit of a of a show of where this team is at because this isn't like I said this is not an isolated incident. This is not something that has happened and you say okay you know what we've gotten off to a good start. This is one bad loss. We're gonna move on to the next one. Even in the games that they've won, that Calgary game that they won, that Vancouver game that they won, Carey Price was just, he was the, basically the only reason, you know, like to me, this is the time where Montreal actually looks back at those games. And instead of doing what Jonathan Drouin suggests and throwing it out, use that and keep going forward with a little bit of more of a concerted effort to, to play defense. Yeah, I, you know, I, I mentioned Julianne's quote that that angered me. Duran's equally so, saying, and and it's it's not that uh, we've heard this quote from Duran yeah. a couple of times after losses this season. Uh, we just have to uh, throw that, throw it in the trash, burn the tape. Uh, we don't want to, you know, don't linger on it. Um, I would say exactly the opposite. How about learning from it? And I understand. Yeah. That's not Duran's interest. I understand he's completely disinterested in playing the game without the puck. I get that. But he should pay some, there should be some consequences um, for him yep. not contributing at all defensively, uh, as, as with, with others. 
Um, you know, there's, there's, uh, I, I think first and foremost, uh, the Canadians don't have uh, talent, particularly on the back end. Um, and uh, Bergevin did nothing to upgrade his uh, defense over the summer. I mean, Willette was the only real acquisition, um, uh, and Olsen, um, and, uh, you know, they don't have the talent. Um, uh, they, they don't have the, the willingness as, as, uh, Duran, uh, has mentioned, he's not a willingness to play defense and they don't have the direction from Julianne, um, yeah. uh, because he doesn't demand uh, accountability, which means it's not important to him because what's important to him. He told everybody entertaining hockey is, is important and maybe playing well defensively just isn't that entertaining. Yeah. And, you know, at some point, you know, they've made a stride and, and I was, you know, when we had that conversation a couple of weeks ago, I was the one saying that, you know, this entertainment, it's going to bring something back to the Montreal Canadians that maybe wasn't there in past years. And, but, but to your point, they, they have to address this because this is, this isn't, you know, a one week thing. This has been here the entire time, but because they were winning and because teams didn't really know what the Canadians were or what to expect, then, you know, you're going to play teams two and three times. I've already played Buffalo three times. Buffalo Sabres know exactly what the Montreal Canadians are. And they are, they are right there with them. They are a very fast team. And there are many other teams that are very fast. And Montreal built that identity being a team that just wants to, you know, go out and, and have a skate and go out and, and see what happens offensively. And they don't really pay attention to what's going on on the other side of that. And, and Drouin, I think, would probably be the main culprit in that. One of, one of many, but, uh, but still probably the main one. And the one thing that I will say is, you know, it's incredibly valuable. And one guy that's always seemingly getting the flack from, from fans is Arturi Lekkonen. And, you know, I think that that's one of the more valuable guys that this team has because you're also, you know, even though Montreal has been playing well, they're also coming from last year where they didn't play very well and they got Jesperi Kotkaniemi because of that. And if Jesperi Kotkaniemi is to follow in the footsteps of Jonathan Drouin, and after every woeful defensive performance, say, well, you know what? We just got to throw it in the trash and move on. Well, he's not going to become what the Montreal Canadiens were hoping that he will, you know, when they drafted him at third, uh, at third overall. So having a guy like Arturi Lekkonen is invaluable to the Montreal Canadiens. There, there's, nothing that, that, you know, there's nothing that he could do, I think, for the Montreal Canadiens to, uh, to, uh, to get you know, to get rid of that guy because he's the only one that actually cares about defense. He's the only forward that is actually making an effort most of the time. And Yol Armia as well. You know, those are two guys that are going to be crucial in the development of, of Jesperi Kukkinami as a professional because, let's be honest, there isn't a whole lot of, of, uh, of leadership coming from, from uh, Jonathan Drouin and others. Well, yeah, I mean... I, I... Arturi Lekkonen doesn't deserve any, any yeah. criticism no. whatsoever. Nobody works hard. You know, uh, the cliche is that, that Brendan Gallagher um, uh, worked hard every shift. For the most part, that's true. Uh, but Arturi, uh, but there's still bad penalties and there's other things that, that go yeah. on there. Arturi Lekkonen um, uh, is my player as far as work ethic goes and, and, uh, and, giving it his all every shift and being responsible. Um, you know, I, his, his offensive game. Okay. If, if that's what your only criteria, um, he's had some, he's had some, had some tough luck in that regard. Uh, but this can, this Canadians team needs guys like Lekkonen, like Armia, yep. like you, you mentioned, uh, because there, there's few, too few players who are putting in that effort. And, um, you know, it, it, it might be in October, November, it might be fun to, to watch a, a one dimensional, uh, offensive, uh, juggernaut kind of, uh, team. And remember, this is only five on five. This is only uh, yeah. at even strength because this team is terrible on the power play. Um, so it might be fun to watch them in, in the first few months of the season, but that's, 
those are the kinds of teams that don't hang around very long if no. they make it to the playoffs in April. Um, they might get in, um, and and we can talk about that. American Thanksgiving is kind of seen as a as a milestone, um, given yeah. that past experience says that if you're in a playoff position uh, on American Thanksgiving, which the Canadians were, that 78% of the time you'll continue on to to uh, the playoffs uh, by the time April rolls around. But let's let's look at that because the, the Canadians right now are in the last playoff spot, um, uh, the last wild card spot. Uh, they have 27 points, 23 games. Uh, the Bruins are in the other wild card spot. Uh, they're a point ahead. Um, I think for me, you know, the, the, the differential is interesting, whereas Boston's a plus nine, the Canadians are a minus four, which means you're relying on your, for those wins, you're relying on your goaltending to, to keep yeah. you in there. Uh, despite all of the excitement about the, the offense, it's been the old uh, goaltending that's uh, in tight games that's, that's won them. Um, and just behind you have you have um, Carolina. Um, the Canadians are only two points up on on Carolina. Uh, Carolina has a game in hand. Uh, the Hurricanes have won three in a row. Habs have lost three in a row. So yeah. um, I, I let's let's be careful about saying oh we're assured of of a playoff spot. Uh, hear a lot hear a lot of that amongst fans. And even if the Canadians are. Uh, they're going to have to be playing uh, a different game, and uh, Mark Bergevin is going to have to make some moves on the uh, uh, with respect to the back end. Um, and we've heard from uh, Elliot Friedman and others that that Mark uh, Bergevin uh, is shopping, uh, you know, one of his how many I don't know half a dozen or more third pairing defensemen. Um, but yeah. they, the, the Canadians need uh, quality on the back end. Um, right now they have a whole lot of quantity. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess we'll, we'll talk about that because one guy that you and me have both kind of agreed is, has been, I, I mean, I don't think he's been as bad as people would suggest on Twitter. And I don't know if that's always the best place to go to for analysis, but at the same time, we have been kind of asking why Carl Alsner has been, especially with Xavier Roulette's somewhat erratic play, what would you make of that? And and do you think that, you know, him drawing back in last night has anything to, to say about, you know, going forward? Do you think we're going to see more Carl Alsner? Well, um, it's interesting because, again, put it in context, Carl Alsner had a, a, a pretty decent um, uh, training camp. Uh, yeah. He was pretty good in, in exhibition games. Thought it was was and certainly well ahead of Jordy Ben, who had a terrible uh, training camp. Yeah. Um, yet kind of a puzzling move when the season started that uh, Alsner was a healthy scratch and, and went on to be a healthy scratch. Um, much like I know people are rewriting history, but but uh, Nikita. Uh, Sherback had a had a pretty good camp uh, as well, and then he was a healthy scratch, and we haven't seen him yet. Yeah. Um, but it goes back to, uh, and it seems that that Julian and Bergevin uh, pay, paid a lot of attention to last season, and we know that Pacioretty, as I said earlier in the show, uh, was very critical of Julian's system. He got himself traded. Alsner was uh, publicly at times critical of of the defensive scheme. Uh, he doesn't he doesn't play very much. Um, you looked at, at a game like uh, last night, our most recent example. Alsner was pretty good. Um, yep. You know, with with uh, you mentioned, Willette has been terrible. Uh, Mike Riley has has uh, looked okay as long as uh, as long as he's outside his own blue line, he's looked good moving the puck bad decisions in his own end. Um, yeah. So when we, we compare them all, and, and, and really these are all third-pairing defensemen, Alsner has, uh, at least last night, and, and, and in his most recent performances, has looked okay. Uh, yeah. And probably the, he's a smart guy, as, as you mentioned very correctly, knows his limitations um, yeah. and plays within that. And, and um, you know... Uh, it, the contract is always going to come into uh, effect 
uh, in, into the discussion when it comes to fans, but uh, yeah. blame that on Bergerman. Blame yeah. that, that contract on Bergerman, not on the player himself. Yeah, like Carl Alsner, <laughs> he wasn't the one that signed him to that contract. You know, I think that that's an important thing to remember is that Carl Alsner can only control what he does on the ice. There's, he, he has, <laughs> you know, like, and, and that was something that at the time I was, I was critical of that deal, you know, because, you know, you had Andre Markov, and Andre Markov was perfectly serviceable, and and beyond beyond that, obviously, he was a great defenseman for Montreal for many years. And then you go and you sign him, but that's not on Carl Alsner. That's a mistake that was made by Mark Bergevin. Sanction. I don't think that Carl Alsner is a bad player, and especially to round out your top six. I know, as I mentioned last week, that's an expensive guy to round out your top six, but he's effective. He knows what he can do and what he can't do. And I'd rather that than Xavier Roulette running around and having basically no concept of, of team defense at all. And, and you know, he's been to blame for, for a lot of what's gone on, and so has Jordy Ben, and so have a lot of guys. So I think that Carl Alsner is just a steady guy back there, and, you know, he maybe won't be the guy that shines bright, but he's also not going to be the guy that, that hurts you. And I think that that's an important thing to uh, to remember. And uh, and just to your earlier point about Bergevin trying to move a defenseman, you what what would you make of that? And and do you think that we'll we'll see anything come of that? Well, he, he's he needs to. I mean, uh, how many count them? Nine? Uh, are are yeah. we are we up around nine now? And with Weber coming back, uh, you can't have a roster like that. So. Uh, it's it's moving a, a defenseman, um, whether it's a Jordy Ben uh, type, uh, although, although Julian's really relied on Jordy Ben, um, uh, you know, is 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 that it for a, for a draft pick? Is is uh, I don't think you're going to move Alsner with his contract unless you retain no. a lot of the money. Um, uh, you're you're not going to move a Victor Meta. I've always said Victor is, is um, because of, of his size as a third pairing defenseman. Um, you know, lots of people talked about him as, as an ideal partner with, with Weber. I don't know. Uh, but, but out of every one of them, um, Victor Meta hasn't re- achieved his potential yet. He's, he's the one that's got some, some yep. uh, extra ceiling to go. Um, the others, we know who they are. Schlemko, um, I don't think he's uh, accorded himself very well this season and probably would be tough to, to trade. Maybe you can trade Mike Riley, uh, yeah. who, um, you know, I think if, if he's in a limited role, he's, he can be okay. Uh, but no way he's, he's a, a, a top, top four defenseman. Um, so all of these guys are kind of the same. They, they could yeah. be okay. Uh, they could, uh, as long as they're not given too much responsibility, as long as they're in a third pairing role, uh, with the exception of, I would say, Willette, who is is more of a fringe NHLer, you know, um, he could probably be waived and sent to uh, Lavelle with uh, without any interest in him. And, he, and even if you lose him to waivers, there's there's not much uh, uh, there's not crying that goes in there. Um, you know, we added one more to the to that list in in Brett Kulak and and uh, uh, last night Brett Kulak was pretty good. Uh, he played far far too many minutes. I think he was up around yeah. 19 minutes last night. And it's funny because we go through this with with uh, a lot of these players call ups. Clearly, the two Bretts, uh, Brett Lernout, Brett Kulak, have been the two best defensemen. Uh, in Laval this year, uh, they played together uh, when I saw them um, on uh, on Wednesday night um, in Utica. Um, we spoke to both of them. Um, Amy Johnson, uh, our lead contributor, uh, there's an interview. You want to go to our, the All Habs YouTube account. You can you can hear Brett Learnout. You can hear Brett Kurt Kulak, and they talk about. Uh, their season and the kind of defensemen they are. And you promote these guys, you think, yes, these are the kind of guys that the Canadians could use. Uh, Brett Kulak is smart. He's a good skater. He's very good on gap control. Uh, he says himself, he's not, he's, he's tall, but he's, he doesn't have the, the, the weight to, 
put th- someone through the boards, I think was the term he used. Yeah. He's got a very good stick. But all of a sudden, when he performs a little bit well, he performs decently. Everybody said, oh, there's our first pairing the defenseman. <laughs> and then you have to say, wait a minute. Uh, Brent Kulak is is overly aggressive sometimes, and he gets caught pinching, and 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 you have to criticize him to kind of temper the, and yeah. and that's just a, a factor of how bad the Canadians' defense has been this season. Yeah. It's nothing against a Brett Kulak in a role he could play a third pairing defense role and maybe a game or two as as a second pairing defenseman, but um, there's a reason all of these guys are. You know they have limitations. They 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 are not the solution. And and the Montreal Canadiens, due to uh, Mark Bergevin's negligence, uh, don't have uh, you know players to play with with Shea Weber and 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 uh, Jeff Petrie. The, on the left side, they're very very weak. Yeah, yeah. And we were talking about that last week with with who we think Shea Weber should be. Uh, who should be Shea Weber's partner, rather? And and I and I said that it would probably be, or my choice would be Victor Mete, just because I think he's the least objectionable choice, and he's the guy that you know has some upside still, still yet to uh, yet to uh, be developed fully. So that's the thing. I think that you know, obviously Brett Kulak, he did play well last night, but yeah, to your point, we have to temper expectations because the Montreal Canadiens are bringing in. You know, a, a bottom, a third pairing defenseman after third pairing defenseman, and and after a while, it starts to get a little bit uh, a little bit old when people are saying, oh, you know what, this is a guy that you could probably play with Trey Weber. No, no, there's no one on the Canadians' left side that would be you know the ideal partner for Shea Weber. Uh, so yeah, I guess we'll uh, we'll take a brief break and come back with uh, this tonight Montreal's playing against Boston, another rivalry game. We talked about a few weeks ago. Who's your uh, your most hated Boston Bruin? Well, that, that's going again tonight, a nice Saturday night rivalry game. And, uh, yeah, so we'll be right back after this. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fanning. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHab when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHab.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Hab fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Um, Montreal Canadiens, Saturday night, that means one thing, hockey. And also, the Boston Bruins are in town, which makes Montreal versus Boston. It's fun. 
as we discovered in a previous episode when we asked you who your most hated Boston Bruins were of all time. So that's going to be a great game. That's going to be a, or I don't know if I'll say great game. That's going to be an interesting game, maybe an entertaining game. Um, but they all, they all, they're all entertaining the way the Montreal Canadiens are playing right now, but most times for the wrong reasons. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I guess we'll, uh, we'll get to the uh, bad tweet of the week, courtesy of Rick Stevens. Listen up. It's time for some bad tweets on the Canadians Connection. So I forgot to ask just just before we get to uh I didn't ask you if you wanted to say anything on the on the Bruins very quickly before we get to the bad tweets. Well, that's fine. Uh, um, uh, I just as we mentioned a little earlier, this this kind of has um um playoff implications with, with both yeah. teams sitting in, in a wild card spot and being just a point apart. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a big divisional game. Uh, yeah. and, and, you know, add all the rivalry stuff and, and the, the hatred into it and a Saturday night at the bell center and Carey price yeah. versus Rask, all of that stuff together. Yeah. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a great game and I'm sure we'll be talking about it next week. For sure. And uh, yeah, so I preemptively hit it, the uh, the bad tweet. Uh, so we'll we'll just very naturally uh, go over to that. Let's just pretend it didn't happen. Bad tweet of the well, week, this, Rick Stevens. Yeah, this, <laughs> this one came from Monday night, uh, and we we talked about the spectacular performance by Carey Price um, in in the overtime loss. Uh, spectacular, and 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 receiving uh, kudos from from Alex Ovechkin and and everyone else. Um, and Alex Hogler um, uh, on Twitter, uh, I, I don't know where, where he was coming from. I don't know. But right after the game, he tweeted, unreal, another choke job by Carey Price. Julian needs to give him a month off. He's the reason Montreal is not in first. The Habs are awful. Well, as we've mm. spoken about the entire show, uh, the Habs defense is awful. Uh, yeah. The Habs, I don't think, wouldn't be in first place. Uh, you know, th- there'd be a lot that would take them to get there. And this was just uh, a really foolish uh, tweet and particularly ill-timed because it came after a, an amazing performance. Even Alex Ovechkin had to admit that. Um, yeah. So this Alex Hogler should uh, take a cue from Alex Ovechkin. Um, and, and in fact, this tweet was so bad. It was so bad. And I preserved it uh, with a screenshot. It was so bad that uh, Alex uh, uh, kind of embarrassed himself and, and eventually deleted the tweet. Um, so he's, yeah. he's the uh, bad tweet of the week. And I mentioned earlier, if you, don't, if, uh, if you didn't watch the game and just looked at the box score, you might, you might be able to say that. If you watch the game and you see Jordy Ben on two goals, completely lose track of, or on the first goal, at least lose track of Alex Ovechkin and, uh, just not play very well at all. And Matthew Pekka with a turnover, like I mentioned, this is not on Carey Price. That game was not on Carey Price. So this is, uh, yeah, very deserving for the bad tweet of the week. And uh, Carey Price, for the first time since that Wednesday game against the New Jersey Devils, stepped back into the crease tonight, as you mentioned, against Tuka Rask, the Boston Bruins. That's going to be a very, uh, that's going to be, it's always interesting when the, when the Canadians and the Bruins are together, no matter how the teams are playing. Um, like you mentioned, I mean, in the very first episode, it's the same as Leafs has. It's always interesting. And let's fast forward a bit to the 17th of December. And that's, uh, mm. that's also, that's a Monday night, but it's, it's also a game against uh, Boston uh, again in the, uh, in the bell center. And we, we talked about last time about, or at, at least since the beginning of the season, how that Western Canadian road trip was going to be, kind of a, a benchmark to, to, to see how this, this team uh, performed. The next, the next milestone comes after that next Boston game um, because it's going to, the Boston game is going to be the last home game of uh, the, the calendar year for the Canadians. And then they go on the road for six uh, to end out December, uh, going to Colorado and Arizona and Vegas and Florida and Tampa Bay and Dallas. Uh, that's going to be the next bit of a grind. That's going to be the next real big challenge for the Canadians. And so uh, come uh, January 1st or thereabouts, 
uh, we'll be able to evaluate uh, just where these Canadians sit uh, after after that. And I think that's going to be uh, give us an, another better idea what kind of team this is and where they're going to end yeah. up at the beginning at the end of the season. Yeah, and Claude Julien might want to have a fourth line he can trust, and maybe maybe a couple of defensemen too. By that point, uh, that might come in handy. Not sure if he'll get it, but it would come in handy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I guess we'll uh, wrap this thing up. This has been a jam-packed show. We got to a lot of different topics, and. Want to follow me on Twitter? You can follow me at JoeWhalen19. You can follow Rick. He's manning the at all Habs account. So be sure to uh, to follow along with him tonight when he's live tweeting the Boston Bruins and, and our entire all Habs team. Let's give a and the AHL report team who uh, who are never never stopping with the uh, with the coverage of the Laval Rockets. So give everyone a follow on Twitter. Give us a follow. This account, uh, this this podcast has its own account at Habs Connection. Make sure you uh, to uh, you. Uh, follow us on Twitter. And uh, yeah. So is there anything you'd like to get to Rick? Habs connection. uh, You can find that account on Twitter. You can find it on Facebook and you can find it on Instagram um, for, for all of us. And, and if you want, uh, as I said earlier, uh, all Habs, you mentioned uh, to search all Habs on, on Twitter, search all Habs on Facebook, search all Habs on Instagram and search all Habs on YouTube because there you'll see exclusive uh, uh, video interviews that you won't see anywhere else. Be sure to subscribe uh, to our all Habs uh, account on, on YouTube and uh, we'll keep you up to date right there. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, so we'll be back with you next week. Uh, This, this same time next week, we're going to be talking about all things Montreal Canadian as always. So we will be back with you then. That will be at 1 p.m. Eastern. That's 2.30 Newfoundland time. We will talk to you again. We will talk to you then. And uh, thank you for tuning in to Canadian Connection. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs Connection and visit allhabs.net.